Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. This is episode 23 of the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast. In today's show, we're going to be learning about how artificial intelligence in fitness can mean that we can work out for less time and get better results. And who wouldn't want that, given that time is our most precious resource? Joining me on the show is Auric Demfley, who is one of the founders of Carol AI. Auric co-founding and is currently the Chief Product Officer and Acting Chief Operating Officer at Carol. He has experience in manufacturing, product development due to his mechanical engineering background. He's led AI and machine learning initiatives and helped to develop the interactive exercise bike that is Carol. Hi, Auric. Thanks very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you for the invitation to be on your show. Nice. Um, it's, uh, it's fantastic to have you on here and um, to, to hear a lot more about Carol AI. Like we were just discussing before we started the show, um, I've actually used the product myself and actually my son has used it So uh, at the Health Optimization Summit. So it's a, a, it's a fascinating product because, like I said, you know, there is a – the common perception around fitness and health is it all it's all very time consuming and it all takes a lot of time whether it's like that's an hour in the gym or 45 minutes on a spin bike and obviously what you guys have done and what you've developed really condenses that and um yeah for the same kind of the, the same results that you would get if it was a 45 minutes or an hour session so really keen to to jump into the the detail about that mm-hmm. Before we do, Auric, can you give us a bit of background on you and how you, you know, you, the journey you took in order to start developing Carol and sure. end up creating sure. this? So, uh, first of all, I think by now I can honestly say I'm also a fitter and healthier dad. Um, so, since since I've been using Carol, I've um, I've lost probably about like 12, 13 kilos of weight. Um, wow. Got a ton fitter. So, like VO2 max, my cardiovascular fitness improved by almost like 50%. So phenomenal improvement. Wow. Um, and I've got three kids and I now can <laughs> kind of compete in football on a Sunday. I've got three sons. So so I think I now deserve the title fitter, fitter and Healthier Dad. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've, you've mentioned already, so my background is mechanical engineering. Um, I've worked most of my life, um, my working life as a management consultant. So for McKinsey and Company, for PwC, um, and used kind of data analytics, machine learning, AI to basically improve um, healthcare. Yeah. So we've worked a lot with hospitals and health systems. Um, that's also where I've met my my co-founders, Ratna and Oliver. Yeah. Um, and now, how, how do you get from there to developing? Carol. Um, yeah. So this, so we're obviously industry outsiders. We've not, um, like we, we, we didn't, this wasn't a planned journey per se. Um, but what we did was we, we designed and um, kind of implemented chronic disease management programs. Um, and at the time that was in the Middle East where kind of, you know, money is like they, they had seven star gyms. Yeah. Um, 
but at the same time, the highest level of, of diabetes anywhere in the world. Right. And, and, and we couldn't get people to exercise. Um, okay. just didn't work. Yeah. Um, and we came then across the, the science about um, high-intensity training and uh, specifically reduced exertion high-intensity training. And um, so that was, that was actually showcased on the BBC by Dr. Michael Mosley. Okay, um, yeah. And um, it was just a kind of a light bulb moment for us where we thought, like, uh, that is really, that must be the answer. And so uh, kind of literally the next day um, after we've seen that, we went out and got ourselves um, kind of really nice uh, spinning bikes and tried to replicate kind of the, the, the workout routine that was showcased there um, by the BBC. And we failed. We failed really miserably. It didn't work. Like they've claimed that you wouldn't sweat uh, and that was really easy and really fast. And... Um, that was just not our experience. So despite having that, um, you know, we've, we've seen how it's done on, on television and, and kind of the fascinating science was explained, we, we couldn't do it. And so what we did is we, we called up the, the researchers on the program and said, like, what's happening, guys? Why, why can't like you say this is the best thing since sliced bread? Why, why can't we get it to work? And then, and then suddenly, like, you know, more facts uh, came came out that um, like you can't do it on every single bike. It needs to be kind of a, a quite specialized bike. Um, it needs to be kind of performed to precisely the right resistance level. Kind of the way the the resistance gets applied needs to be kind of quite specific. And and so the researchers in kind of in an academic environment they they obviously they have equipment that does that but it's it's literally a, a two-man operation so you have a, a subject who who performs the the exercise and you have you know a lab technician or so who controls the bike um so that's not very practical and and the the equipment is is also very very expensive so those uh, bikes were like um somewhere around fifteen thousand pounds wow um and, and so we just thought there's kind of a massive gap in the market for, um, you know, kind of just a consumer friendly and, and also more affordable solution yeah. um, to, to, you know, basically take really fantastic science out of the lab and, and bring it to um, a broader base of users. And because it wasn't there, um, we thought, well, why not do it ourselves? And so we, you know, started developing Carol and it, it took a few years and um, several versions. Um, yeah. But I think we've, we've got now um, an excellent product. We've, we're, we're on the market for a bit more over a year that, that basically um, takes those boxes. And so we've, we've left the consulting world completely behind okay. and, um, are focusing only on carol now and that's that's our baby okay fantastic yeah i mean it's it's a great story it's a great journey from obviously you know coming from where you are in in chronic illness management and i just want to touch on that slightly because i've spent a little bit of time on a family holiday in the middle east and it's exactly like you say you know 
uh, and I'm not sure whether this is this is cultural, whether it's a, a mixture of culture and climate, but they are very sedentary, hmm. um, and their diets are very high, kind of sugary, fat-based diets. And exactly. um, you know, to to give you an example, when we were on holiday, we it was in um, Abu Dhabi, and they obviously you've got the Formula One racing circuit there, and they actually open up the circuit on a Tuesday and a Thursday in the evening to try and encourage the locals to either walk around it, run around it, or cycle around it. And they provide bikes for free. So you can see that there is a massive epidemic there. Yeah, um, exactly. But I think the reason I wanted to bring that up is whilst that's, you know, that's chronic in, in that area of the world, I, I strongly believe that that's now mushrooming out to, to, to the more developed world. Um, so, you know, the UK, the US, it's a massive problem um yeah. and and obviously you know we, we need to start moving more you know with the advent of technology and everything you know what i call the amazon economy where we want everything now people are less inclined to wait for results or wait for outcomes um and i think it's you know i think it's a, a real it's a, a big epidemic so you know obviously you said that you you went you you saw this um interview with max mosley and and the concept but was it literally you decided the very next day you and the, and the other founders went out and bought the bike and you were going to do it? How did that really ma- manifest itself in terms of, well, this is a great concept. We're going to prove it and we're going to do something for the consumer market. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it's literally exactly that. So the next day after we've seen it, we've um, we've bought a set of conventional bikes, tried it, couldn't get it to work. Then we've uh, connected with the with the lead researchers, and um, so, for example, Dr. Niels Vollard, he's the one who who invented or, or kind of came up with what's called reduced exertion, high intensity training, um, and that's the the protocol we're using. And and we work very closely, so he's an advisor um, to us. Um, and so it's several stages. Then the first is kind of we had to learn exactly how to perform the the exercise and um the first thing was that we've um kind of did some consumer testing um where, where we basically you know we, we tried to replicate what they did in in the universities by, by literally having a a lab technician next to the bike yeah um and then we then we that worked really well and we've had um kind of some some good initial responses and then we've built um you know, a first prototype actually ran it together with um, kind of in some in some offices, yeah, not even in in gyms or so, but had it in offices. Um, again, we we got good results, um, and then kind of just basically invested more and more into it, and we're now on kind of the the third big version of Carol, and that's that's the one we're we're marketing. So it was obviously it took um, it took quite a few years to get where we're now. Um, but kind of the, the path was taken as soon as we've heard about it because we were so, um, so enthusiastic about it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, in some ways, it's kind of unbelievable, isn't it? Because you, you kind of assume that when you do fitness and when you do exercise, it has to be hard and the longer you do it, the better it is. But, you know, once you put the science behind it, then and you understand the science um and i believe we're in an age now of science where you know the acceleration is just 
phenomenal in terms of the amount of data we can we can get together we can crunch and we can understand what all that means um but yeah I, I, it, it, it does seem kind of unbelievable so so on on the science behind it can you explain kind of a reasonably high level what it actually means so what i mean by that is that you know generally i'm a cyclist and if i want to improve my cycle you know my cycling i generally do vo2 max um sessions but generally them sessions are an hour um and high intensity sessions if i want to increase my functional threshold power and things like that mm-hmm. but obviously with this it's a really small window isn't it so can you yeah. explain how the science works behind that sure sure i can so um Basically, the, 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 on, on the Carol bike, there are several protocols, but really the anchor protocol is um, kind of focused on two 20-second sprints. Um, and that's literally all the hard work you do, two 20-second sprints, but at absolute maximum intensity. Um, and basically, those two 20 seconds of, of very, very hard work give you the same benefit as like 45 minutes, an hour of running. Right. Now, why, why is that the case? Um, so the, the, the magic that happens is basically to do with rapid glycogen depletion of the glycogen stores in the muscle. Right. So as you do exercise, your, your body burns, um, you know, normally and for most people uh, sugar yeah and glycogen is the storage form of sugar and you have glycogen in your liver you have it in your bloodstream and you have actually also very large stores in your muscle mm-hmm. now as you do exercise you burn that and you would normally um kind of absorb glycogen from your bloodstream and your cells would um, metabolize that and use that as fuel yeah when we do these two 20 seconds maximum intensity uh, sprints, we basically simulate an emergency situation. We, we, we basically trick our body to think that it is in a fight or flight or, or kind of, you know, in a situation where you either have to fight for your life or run for your life. Yeah. And we go to such high intensity levels that you cannot access quickly enough the sugar, the glycogen from your bloodstream. And so your muscle is forced to burn through the locally stored glycogen. Um, and it's also an anaerobic exercise, which is uh, kind of in terms of glycogen, uh, kind of uh, how you burn it and the metabolism, the um, kind of less efficient. So you have to go through a lot more to create the same level of energy. Okay. And uh, that allows us to achieve in um, these two 20-second sprints about a 25 to 30% depletion of the glycogen stores in the muscle. And that is something... So, so first, those two 20-second sprints are actually really hard, yeah? yeah. Um, so so it's, it's almost like once you've tried it, the whole claim becomes a lot more believable because it, it's not easy. Like 20 seconds can be a a really long time. Yes. Then then what happens is um, as you you, uh, kind of go through those 20-second sprints, um, you you burn the glycogen, 
and then kind of certain signaling molecules get released. So first uh, AMPK and then uh, another one, which is called PGC1-alpha, which is basically like a master switch when it comes to kind of um, uh, building kind of your cardiovascular fitness and and also kind of just uh, in terms of building muscle. And the heart is at the end of the day also just the muscle. And so you get just a different, um, you, you activate a different adaptation pathway um, than you would activate if you, if you say go for an hour kind of, of moderate intensity running or mm-hmm. so. Um, and that, that's basically what happens. And the, the thing, kind of the beauty of it is, um, like first there's, it's a really, really well-researched and well-documented um, training concept. So okay. um, it was first, um, it was first kind of invented, if you want to call it that way, by the Wingate Institute in Israel. Um, and many people will have heard um, the, the, the term Wingate Sprint, or some people will have heard the term Wingate Sprints, which is basically this maximum intensity sprints. And this uh, mechanism that I've just described has been well-researched. And so the, the kind of molecular changes and the biological response to them um, has been quite well understood. And it is exactly that these specific signaling molecules get released. So that, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is that... Uh, after people understood, okay, this is why it's so effective, um, kind of academics went around and tested, well, what is the minimum effective dose? Um, what's the minimum I can get away with of doing that to, to trigger that uh, adaptation pathway? And again, that has been just proven. So we, we know it now. It's two 20-second sprints. That's all you need to trigger that, um, that pathway. If you do if you do more sprints or longer sprints, um, you know you you get the same effect, but right. it's it, it it's a lot harder. So, for example, if you do thirty second sprints, forty second sprints, yeah. um, you, you will feel a lot rougher afterwards. Also, if you do three, four, five sprints, you'll feel a lot rougher. Um, and tw- the two twenty second sprints are enough. On the other hand, kind of any less is also not effective. So that's that's just it's the minimum effective dose needed to to get like the most effective cardiovascular workout. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean that makes sense. I mean, you know, I, I'm assuming based on what you've said around you know the glycogen store depletion that the more sprints you do, you know, you don't want to become completely glycogen depleted. Because that's when we have this term where we hit the wall mm-hmm. and you know your body just can't go on anymore. Exactly. And the, the signaling molecules that basically trigger your body to, to that, that tell your body you, you need to get stronger because hey, you 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 know you have to run for your life or fight for your life, get already released after those um, two 20 second sprints. So anymore. It's, it's the same basically signaling um, that occurs um, without, you know, there's no additional benefit. Yeah. Okay. Now that makes sense. But just for the benefits of the people listening, when we're talking about glycogen, um, you, you'll probably explain it better than me. But in terms of glycogen, that's what we get our glycogen stores from taking in carbohydrates. And then it obviously gets converted into sugar 
and then stored in the muscle. Is that the, that's correct? Yeah, and glycogen is just the storage form of sugar, and you you have it in your a lot in your liver, uh, but you also have like very kind of actually quite substantial stores in your muscles. Yeah. Um, and but those are really those stores you wouldn't usually access. Those are kind of for emergency situations. You that's the last thing the body wants is to. Um, tap into those because you know you might need them so you that you really have to trick the body into that um kind of force it to do that and that's that's basically what carol does very well is that um kind of it implements a, a sequence so you you first kind of pedal really as fast as you can at a low resistance um and then kind of the computer controlled brake um kind of applies a resistance that's very specific to you very, very quickly. And then um, kind of that way you can reach really your maximum intensity. So if you, if you for example, if you just, um, if, if we ramped up the resistance before you've accelerated yeah. and, and you were trying to, to accelerate into that high resistance, yeah. uh, you would struggle or you, most people wouldn't reach their max intensity. So it's a... Um, quite carefully designed, um, you know, sequence of steps to, to make sure you, you reach maximum intensity. And kind of one thing is basically, I think high intensity training has maybe a little bit been missold because what, what researchers do in the lab, they, right. they really, they go to max intensity levels. Um, okay. And basically anything that's, that's less than max intensity or anything you can do for longer than 20 seconds yeah. is not true high intensity or maximum intensity training. And, mm -hmm. and that's basically because the, the, the pathway um, that gets triggered depends on this rapid glycogen depletion in the muscle. So if you do something that's like, you know, pretty high intensity, maybe yeah. you also do it for a little bit longer. Um, it's not like you, you can't be sure that you trigger that same pathway because you, um, you don't have this rapid glycogen depletion. And basically whatever you, if, if you do something that's longer than 20 seconds, it won't be as effective because yeah. you really do have to go to max intensity levels to, to trigger this, this adaptation. Yeah. And I guess that's where the AI comes in, doesn't it? Because like you said, in the first, um, set of of the 20 seconds it's measuring you know where the intensity is because everybody's intensity levels are going to be different yeah. and then on the second the second go um yeah you know it applies based on where you're at currently um to allow you to reach that maximum intensity to obviously open those pathways yeah so what we do is kind of before you use the bike for the first time you just you, you sign up on our website and create a, an account for carol and you give us some of your, you know, your, your age, your weight, your gender, and so on. And based on that, and they were using the same reference tables than the, the academics would use. We, right. we basically take our best guess at what the right um, resistance level is for you. Um, and then, then we go kind of a few steps further in that we adjust the resistance every single ride and adapt it. So like first that we, we, that it's entirely right for you and that it's the perfect resistance level for you. And as you get fitter and stronger, 
that the exercise like and that Carol keeps challenging you. So you yeah. kind of um, uh, plateau out. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess not everybody is an Olympic performer at the end of the day, but you plateau out as late as possible and kind of that you the, the Carol keeps challenging you every single ride. Yeah, which I think is important, you know, to recognize and to, to actually just highlight that part because if we look at traditional exercise methods, um, and let's take the gym as an example and an exercise bike in the gym, you know, you will go in there maybe the first time and you'll obviously, you know, find your resistance and you'll set your resistance and you'll leave, you, you'll probably leave it at that, that, you know, um, kind of resistance that you're used to for, you know, a good few weeks. Whereas with Carol, it's constantly monitoring mm-hmm. and adapting your sessions yeah, in correct. relation to your overall fitness, which I think is really important. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's like clearly one of the the key differentiators. I mean, Carol basically, like you don't have any buttons or so you it's it's fully automated. It's a um fully computer controlled, highly personalized, adaptive yeah. um um version and implementation of this rehit protocol which is the most effective form of cardiovascular exercise. And yeah. what what we basically wanted to do is you know, make it really, really simple. And it's a bit born out of the, you know, the, the experience that we've had in the beginning that if you, I mean, I mean, maybe somebody who has like a personal trainer next to him, they can try to, you know, get to something that's similar, also effective and so on. Um, But we wanted to make it really easy and make it a kind of something that, that helps, you know, normal people, to to kind of benefit from from this uh, fantastic science yeah and it, it's amazing and you know like i said I, i've tried it and um i'm a relatively proficient cyclist and yeah i mean it was amazing just in that 20 seconds how absolutely you know depleted you can feel after those <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 so that's that's really i mean um i i recommend everybody who, who has doubt and there's obviously like we have um, a bunch of research paper on papers on our website. Um, okay. We've been uh, completely like in a independently run randomized control trial evaluated by the American Council on Exercise. It was done at Western University in Colorado with fantastic results. Yeah, we've outperformed government guidelines basically by a factor of two across a whole range of. Um, uh, Kind of important measurements and yeah. and and that in in spectacularly less time, um, but it's really kind of a good thing is always to to try it, yeah, because yeah. you you will notice kind of it's it's not a free lunch, yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's very very short, very time efficient, yeah, um, it's still hard, um, but you know you get used to it. So so I do. I do my my Carol rides. I've got obviously a bike at home. Yeah, I, I do it usually in a fasted state, straight okay. after after I get up. And for me, it's just it's it's a habit. I do it every other day. You don't have to do it quite as often, but that's just what I do. Um, and and so, you know, for for me, it's very easy to fit it into my day. Um, yes. But at the same time, 
kind of each sprint. <laughs> the sprints are still very hard. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So in terms of the actual structure, then you, you know it's obviously very brief. We've got the two twenty-second mm. um, sprints that we do. But what is you know what is the structure of the session, and why is it structured in the way that it's structured? I.e., you know, warm yeah. up and cool down and things like that. Yeah. So so you you get on the bike um, and you start the um, you, you just log in get on the bike and then there's first a two minute warm up. Then you have the first 20 second sprint, then uh, kind of a three minute recovery, second 20 second sprint, and then a three minute cool down. So the whole uh, protocol is, is eight minutes, 40 seconds. Yeah. Now you, you could argue kind of the, basically the bit that gets you fit, you could fit into three minutes, 40 seconds. Yeah. Just right. sprint, Three minute break, another sprint, get off. Um, but there's there's a couple of reasons why that wouldn't be such a great idea. So first, the the warm up, um, while kind of in so in the warm up, recovery, and cool down, you work very very light. So basically, um, yeah. it's just very gentle pedaling. But we still want you to loosen up your joints a bit. Um, you know, you can focus on your breathing in that time, yeah. and um, kind of the first. Two minutes, we can also it gives us a chance to monitor your heart rate. So that's yeah. kind of the the warm up, and you know, Carol talks to you. She she kind of um, either you can listen to some music or, or Carol actually talks to you and, and coaches you through the exercise. She puts you into some kind of Paleolithic landscape, and it's, it's, I I quite like it. Yeah. Um, then the sprint, um, first twenty seconds. That's all out and you will kind of reach your peak power after something like two, three, four seconds. And then, then you will drop off everybody. Like nobody can hold that maximum no. power no. for very long. You drop off by the end of the 20 seconds. You basically, you couldn't do it anymore. And, and you're very glad that it's over. Yeah. Um, three minutes recovery, um, the, the, the next sprint and then three minutes cool down. Um, the, Recovery and cooldown periods that gives us an important um, opportunity to measure your your heart rate and your heart rate recovery, um, and that way we can kind of calculate. We call it the octane score. Um, it's basically a measure of power per heartbeat. Um, it's very closely um, kind of it tracks VO two max very well, and yeah. so you you get. Um, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a controlled experiment, like a fitness test that you do two or three times a week and, yeah. and to kind of basically get a, a highly quantified measure of your fitness and, and of your improvement, which mm -hmm. I, I find that's very rewarding. Um, so, so kind of measuring the recovery periods is um, kind of allows us to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then the last thing is, so as you burn through a lot of sugar in, in a very short time span, um, and empty out those glycogen stores in your muscle. What, what, what happens afterwards, especially in the cooldown period? Yeah. Um, so you have now because you you have you burnt the sugar, you have the the metabolites in in your muscle. You you create um, an osmotic imbalance between um, kind of basically what's in your muscle and what's in your bloodstream. So you have a whole lot of water shooting in your muscle. Okay. Um, and and at the same time, the the body tries to kind of replenish those sugar stores um, as quickly yeah. as possible. So what happens is, um, kind of in after the second sprint, kind of yeah. both your blood pressure and your blood sugar will dip a little bit, 
And so it's it's just a good idea to stay for another two, three minutes, or the, the cooldown is three minutes on the bike to let you kind of basically like let your body normalize again. And then you'll still be a little bit out of breath when you come off the bike, but um, you're, you're like, I'm now so used to it. I can, I can literally get off the bike and get on with my life. Um, but that three minutes kind of normalization period from all out uh, sprinting is, is actually kind of, uh, it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So obviously we've talked a little bit about the benefits of, of Carol and how, and how it works, but in terms of, <clears throat> so in terms of results, if we, if we're looking at somebody, um, you know, wanting to either increase VO2 max. And by the way, I think your increase in VO2 max is incredible because I've read studies and reports that we are only able to in, increase our VO2 max by a, a small percentage. So the fact that you've been able to do it 50% is just extraordinary. So, um, yeah, sorry. let me, let me, uh, so there's, there's actually really hard data on that. So, right. um, what like first the so for example researchers like like Dr. Vollard, um, what they have shown is that on average, um, people who engage in that type of exercise um, get after six to eight weeks a ten to twelve percent improvement in VO two max, um, and then for example here this. Um, American Council of Exercise randomized controlled trial that I mentioned earlier. Um, in our group, we've had um, over an eight-week period um, also eight, there was 12.6% improvement of VO2 max. And that matches very well. So, so obviously, we've, we've got the data of all our users, what we see in real life. So we, we see um, 10 to 12 percent improvement on average after um, the first like round about eight weeks um, we see the same level of improvement on average in the the next 10 to 12 weeks and okay. then kind of you know you have like different types of responders yeah you have um, that that's and that nature is maybe not quite fair yeah um, <laughs> But you have, um, you know, like like sixty percent of the population would be average responders mm -hmm. who um, who see those types of uh, improvement. Then you have twenty percent of the population that are called super responders, yeah. Right. Um, and th that's kind of you know, I guess uh, then you're, you're lucky um, who see much higher improvements. And um, I guess it's also a bit of a question, kind of where your baseline was. So so. Yeah. You know, I, I maybe I didn't start quite from. Um, yeah. I, I said I, I earned the fitter and healthier dad um, <laughs> uh, uh, label title. Um, kind of, I we we were not kind of people. We were not exercise enthusiasts when we okay. when we started that. So so I didn't engage in sport before I started right. Carol. So I had um, I, I had some ground to make up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there is a third group, which are low or, or even non-responders um, and who, who wouldn't see that improvement in VO2 max. Yeah. Um, now, the good thing is it's not just about VO2 max. Um, so 
kind of I would I would argue there's there's basically like three buckets of benefits um, from Carol. So you have one is the fitness, yeah, and that would be measured by VO2 max or by our Optane score, and and you get the improvements as I've um, uh, outlined them. The the next one is just cardiovascular health. Um, yeah. And there, uh, maybe, maybe. So I'd be very happy to send that to you for show notes or so, um, yeah. and it's on our website. So the ACE uh, study, um, uh, American Council on Exercise. So they've measured a basket of indicators um, that indicate, you know, cardiovascular health. So blood pressure, blood sugar, HDL, um, triglycerides, and so on. Um, okay. And uh, calculated based on that, what's called the METS Z score. So right. that's a risk score to develop metabolic diseases. So heart attacks, strokes, diabetes, and so on. So in our group, um, I, maybe I start first. So, so th those were 32 participants, 16 in, in doing our exercise carol three times a week uh, for for eight minutes so so about 25 minutes time investment per week yeah. control group followed government guidelines which is five times per week half an hour moderate intensity exercise so running yeah. um, uh, all participants had a sedentary lifestyle beforehand and that the the, the government guidelines group did see good improvements so i mean if you, if you do no sports please do some sport, you will get some benefits. So they had um, a risk reduction in this MET-Z score of 27%, which is very remarkable. That's excellent, yeah? Yeah. In the same time, our group had a risk reduction of 62%. <laughs> so massively outperformed. And that with like 25 minutes versus 150 minutes. So, um, you know... Like we're absolutely not advocating against not doing kind of moderate intensity exercise. That's fine. And, and many people enjoy that very much. But um, if you're time starved and, and you want the, the, the most effective exercise um, kind of for fitness and for cardiovascular health, this is, this is really, um, you know, it's just the, the most effective uh, thing you can do. Yeah. And I then think... may I just, the, the third group um, is, is around weight management, yeah? Um, and here, this is not a, a very direct uh, link, but basically what Carol does, it's, it, it improves insulin sensitivity. And there, there have been some publications that, that have um, kind of, and, and trials where kind of this type of exercise was shown to be, um, you know, as effective or more effective than, than kind of, you know, like diabetes pills are. Um, like medication. And um, so the insulin, the improvement in insulin sensitivity is really quite spectacular. And then insulin sensitivity in itself is, is just a very important prerequisite to, to manage your weight. So, so if you're insulin resistant or uh, kind of have a low insulin sensitivity, it becomes very, very hard to, to um, basically lose fat. Um, yeah. And where, if you if you have high levels of insulin sensitivities, then it's it's much easier for you to access kind of your fat stores, mm -hmm. and and actually kind of if you combine it with dietary change, um, to to make really a, a dent in terms of weight management. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, 
I mean, the, the improvements, you know, 27% versus 62%, you know, it, the science speaks for itself. And I, and I think for me, at least, and hopefully people listen to this, that's one of the key elements to, to your product is that you can back it by science. Mm. And it's not just another product which has come to market and, and, and it's just kind of comes up with these outlandish claims. You've got, you know, real core data to, to back it up. So, I mean, that's that. I mean, it's just quite profound. And, and when you were talking there about you know people that are time poor, the majority of us are time poor. Mm. And you know, there's two sides to it really. And, and one is you know you you exercise for a health reason and a health benefit. And the other side to it is you exercise for for maybe some community um, side of it to either to to be part of a running club or a cycling club. You know, to have that community element of it. To it so so you have you know what carol gives you is options right so right. you know the majority of our listeners are busy parents that don't have time i mean that, it's just amazing that you could jump on on the bike for you know eight minutes 43 seconds or, or whatever it is in the morning mm-hmm. and you've got that massive benefit and it's just for me that's really profound and i think for me as well in, in my own training you know i'm trying to train to, to qualify for Ironman Kona next year. Nice. Um, yeah. And I have to spend a ridiculous amount of time on the bike. And if I could incorporate this into my training, you know, to lift my functional threshold power and to increase my VO2 max, you know, it, it's just going to enable me to, to focus on other areas as well yeah. that I, I can improve upon. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And we're like, if, if you're, if you love sport for the social elements, yes, of course. I mean, do that, and um, there's there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, no. It's just most people, most people, either don't enjoy sport that much, or yeah. you know, just don't have that much time. So, with with three kids, I would find it um, incredibly difficult to find the time to kind of goof off to the gym for an hour yeah. or two. Yeah. Um, I think my wife would tell me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, she would be very happy with that, I, I guess. Yeah. And this allows me, like, it's a it's a form that I can fit very easily into my, you know, into my daily routines or kind of my weekly routines um, and, and kind of get those benefits. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of, you know, we've talked about the length of time and, uh, how many sessions would you recommend uh, to take in a week? Or is it dependent on what your goal is? So, for example, if it's just general fitness, maybe three sessions, but if you're working towards a specific goal, would you increase the amount of, of sessions or not? So um, most of the academic research was done with um, three sessions per week. Right. Um, now, we wouldn't recommend doing – um, terribly much more than that because the recovery is you know like you you need to give your body a chance to recover and that's when it adapts and that's when it gets stronger so um we're, we're not saying to do it every day in fact what we did is um we've built some kind of lighter protocols into carol to okay. um because because we have users who want to use it every day um yeah. but then um kind of do a version with 10 second sprints for example that that allows you that gives your body the chance to recover. So so we say three three sessions per week is enough. Um, okay. There, there is actually um, isn't been published yet, but um, uh, that, that might come out soon. Kind of that that even two sessions per week are enough. But uh, so at the moment, we're we're kind of our advice is to to build 
and to improve fitness three times per week. And then once you've, um, you know, reached, uh, some people call it the genetic set point, because obviously like the, the trees don't, like not not everybody will be Usain Bolt and not everybody will be an Olympic performer. So at some point there comes a, a, a point where you've reached basically your potential and mm-hmm. then kind of for maintenance, one to two times per week should be fine. Right. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, you know, that's, that's, you know, that's better than the, the, the standard kind of recommendation, which is three times a week exercise or three times a week going to the gym. Um, yeah, I mean, just cuts it cuts it down even further. But obviously, this is you know we're talking about cycling here, and and my understanding is obviously you know the legs are that one of our largest muscles in the body, um, and it's going to improve our overall fit, fitness. But do you do you recommend or do you suggest that people should do some other physical activity alongside Carol, or are you saying no, Carol is just enough? Um, <laughs> So I think Carol is an excellent start and for cardiovascular health and for fitness and weight management, um, it's, it's, it's the best thing you can do. And I can confidently say that, um, obviously kind of having enough muscle mass is, is important. And so, um, I think if, if people do want to look after themselves, then you know, lifting some weights or, or engaging in yeah. some sort of uh, resistance exercise um, is is definitely also um, kind of something that that that's good for you. And there's um, so I, I don't know that's I don't think that's that's terribly available in in, in Europe, but in the US, so for example, we the uh, kind of the, the company called ARX that does a, yeah. a very similar thing, minimum effective dose for resistance exercise. Yeah. Kind of if you can do um, uh, that in conjunction, um, then that's that would be an ideal um, workout routine. Because yes, obviously for, for um, building muscle and, and, and bone density and so on, kind of some form of resistance training um, is a good thing. There's no question about that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I would agree. I mean, it's been scientifically proven, like you say, you know, just once a week doing a heavy set of, of weights um, is is really good for, yeah. for muscle mass and obviously bone density and all the rest of it. Um, so if, if we're looking at Carol itself as, as the bike and the product, in terms of information that the user gets out of the bike, what kind of information? Because, you know, the, the screen's really... Uh, it's quite compact it's quite comprehensive you know, obviously you get your data and the, mm. the target you're supposed to be hitting when you're cycling so what kind of kind of historical data or data that the participants get to measure yeah. how they're performing? Yeah. so so it's a it's a cloud-based system all your data gets uploaded um kind of to our servers and then you can either access it through a web app or mobile app and and kind of track your metrics and kind of the metrics um that we currently provide is basically your peak power. Um, and you can basically see how, how the strength in your legs increases, peak power per pound, yeah. um, your total power over the course of um, uh, a sprint. Um, and then very importantly, the octane score, which is basically power per heartbeat and is our proxy or is, is kind of, is it tracks VO2 max and we've designed it very carefully to track VO2 max 
and is a measure um, for your fitness. Um, and those are kind of the key metrics we have right now. We are, um, I mean, we're basically uh, kind of just fundraising again, um, kind of uh, constantly developing the product. Um, and many of those things is kind of on the on the software side yeah. um, to add additional things. So we'll, um, at the moment, we, we don't actually show, for example, calorie consumption. Um, the, the reason for that is, so while we obviously, we, we know your, your energy expenditure and, and um, so we, we know the direct calorie consumption. Yeah. Um, which I mean, it's actually quite interesting is, 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 is fairly low. Yeah. Because it's only two 20 second sprints and it's, in fact, it's so low that um and, and now probably your listeners will kind of <laughs> stop believing me but so yeah. you, most people don't even sweat because you you don't burn through enough calories on the bike mm -hmm. to to increase your body temperature enough to break a sweat yeah. um and and that's why kind of we have like a number of our carol bikes in offices where people you know use it in their lunch breaks or coffee break but anyway i, di I digress what we'll mm. what we'll soon have is what's called epoch um that's excess post exercise oxygen consumption um, right. and so while the the calorie consumption on the bike is relatively low kind of yeah. um you you have higher energy consumption um, kind of after you've done a ride, and so mm -hmm. we'll we'll express um, so that will that will come fairly soon. Kind of what your total calorie consumption was, or kind of the calorie deficit that you've created. Yeah. Now, we 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 pride ourselves of being kind of scientific and fact based. So we we have at the moment we're, we're working there again with academic partners to measure that properly. And, yeah. and once it's done and once we're once we, we have all the data we'll we'll enable that yeah. um so that that's something to come um okay. the other thing we're quite keen to bring out um kind of as soon as possible but i, I can't give a date yet um is, is for example like hrv based um so hrv measurements and and then based on that um, kind of, you know, further tailoring and recommendations as to what you should do in your exercise. So, we, we'd, um, but like Carol is is our, you know, she, she's she's our AI personal trainer, health coach, um, and and ultimately we want to get there that she can give you really kind of relevant and actionable advice. Kind of, I mean, obviously, in the first instance related to the to the exercise, but that she could tell you, for example, like, um, look, Darren, maybe today don't do the intense, don't do the twenty second sprints, only yeah. do the ten second sprints because your 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 HRV is not um, is, is a bit lower than what uh, it it's usually is, so so you might not be in the best shape to do to engage into a really hard workout, um, even if it's really short. So those are things to come. So we're we're constantly. Um, developing and investing and because it's um, kind of a cloud-based product um, kind of our our customers get those updates as we as we right. release them yeah i think i think you know the, the the part about the heart rate variability which is a measurement of how you can tell you know the fluctuations in your heart rate which can ultimately tell you how stressed your body is i think that's really really important because 
you know, for so many years, particularly in the fitness world, it's about being, you know, going hard, really smashing it hard on re- all the rest of it. And actually, the gains come when you're resting. Yeah, so, exactly. you know, for Carol and to be able to measure that and then maybe, maybe to tell you, actually, today, you just need to back it off a little bit. And, and you know, kind of habitually as humans, we want to, because we're exercising, we want to get results, we want to go hard. And actually, sometimes that's doing more damage than it is yeah. good. Yeah, exactly. So, so the, the recovery is definitely as important, some would say more important than yeah. the than the yeah. exercise. So you, you have to give your body a chance to you know, grow stronger and adapt. Definitely. And uh, and the other point that you mentioned uh, around calories, you know, this is a general measurement of, you know, people trying to, they put so much emphasis on calories. But for me, calories is just a really overarching measurement of, of, you know, burning energy and stuff like that. And to come back to your original point, you know, whilst you might not have burnt calories, the glycogen depletion in your muscles will mean that over a period of time, your body will be in a burning mode, won't it? Because it's got to try and replace that 25 to 30% of glycogen depletion you've just you know, instilled in it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So that's, um, it's basically because it's an anaerobic exercise, you, you burn through quite a lot of sugar and get quite little um, energy out of it and you so you you have to even if you get off the bike then you you basically have to process um the kind of all the waste products the metabolites and you have to replenish your sugar stores and then it's just kind of you basically you 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 operate at a slightly higher level so your your kind of basal metabolic rate is elevated elevated for for um kind of a longer period and so the the uh the early data we see is very clearly that you burn more calories after the ride than during the ride. Yeah. 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 And and I think that's the general basis on which, you know, hit workouts are I don't know whether marketed is the right word, but 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 is is on the basis on which people do hit workouts now. Is it is not necessarily whilst you're doing it, it's the after effects, um, you know, of the of the fat burning and all the rest of it that takes place. Um, so when we, you know, we're talking about actually getting access to a carol bike and things like that, obviously, that, you know, it's quite a sig- significant investment, but obviously once you've got it, you've got it, and then, you know, you can use it forever and ever and ever. What are you, what, what are you doing as a, as a company and a business to work with gyms and, and things like that to get your products out there into the mm-hmm. market? So it depends a bit where your listeners are. Um, okay. So we have um, actually quite a few bikes in you know, fitness facilities in the, in the U S and they're not your traditional gyms. So, um, but you know, what could be some of them refer to themselves as biohacking facilities, like, like um, upgrade labs or so um, or hacked in New York um, who who have kind of like the, you know, the most advanced equipment um, in their facilities. Um, and, and there you would find out bikes and there's a growing number and kind of, I think on our website, there's a, there's kind of a map with um, uh, kind of quite a few of them. Um, I, th- I think it must be over 50 or so where you could go and try them kind of spread out um, geographically across, across the States. Um, 
with with traditional gym chains, um, let me put it this way: we've not had um, that much traction, um, um, and for a very specific reason. So, mm. um, and we, we've really spoken with you know at the very highest level of some very large gym chains, and they say, "Yes, yeah, fantastic product, we love it." but it doesn't fit into what we offer our, no. um, you know, our customers at the moment, yeah. because yeah. Um, like first they say it's a, it's a very confusing message. If you have the like, <laughs> like 20, um, you know, traditional upright bikes and recumbent bikes and ellipticals and so on. Um, yeah. And then you basically tell them, yeah, but you don't need all of this. All you need is this. So that's, that's like one thing is not great. Um, and the other thing is kind of, and, and they've been quite open with us about it. They obviously want people to spend um, time in their facilities because yeah. I mean, you to spend time there, you also spend money there on whatever your smoothies and your protein and this yeah. and that. Um, yeah. And, and um, on personal training sessions and kind of Carol is your AI um, personal trainer. So, that's that's not a perfect match. So I'm sure we will be in kind of the your, your um, more traditional gyms sooner or later. But I think that's more something you know there will be uh, consumer demand uh, led. I, I would argue that will happen. I, I don't think there's going to be um, kind of the the gyms will put it in if people ask for it. Um, yeah. I don't think they will naturally jump onto it. No. And, and I think, you know, it, it comes back to, you know, time poor people. I mean, if you if you can exercise for eight to, to you know, eight to nine minutes, you, you don't, won't want to necessarily spend the time traveling to a gym in the first place anyway. Yeah, because correct, you're correct. Defeating the object of what, what the product gives you. Mm-hmm. Um, and by having it in homes, having it in offices, it just means you can be more efficient. And like I said in the introduction, really, you know, we are all buying for more time. We can never get more time. It's about being more efficient. And obviously, Carol kind of give, gives you that ability to be more efficient with your time. So, Auric, in terms of what actions the listeners could take today, you, you know, you've mentioned that in the US that there are bikes in, in some, some kind of biohacking facilities uh, and labs and things like that. What about um, in the UK? Is there any specific areas where people could maybe go to just give Carol a try? Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so uh, we're in for for listeners in who who come to London. Um, if you go to Harvey Nichols um, in yeah. Knightsbridge, we're on the fourth floor. They have like a health and wellness area, um, okay. and you can either do your workout with us or you can try Carol and. Um, kind of, you know, see how you like it and then kind of mm-hmm. seeing is believing or trying is believing. Um, that's a, um, uh, that's, that's an opportunity to, to test it out. Um, and we're actually, <laughs> this is not something I'm, I'm too happy about it, but we, we, we literally, we are represented uh, on, on all continents. We have bikes in Australia and South Africa right. and South America um, our focus is really um, the US and then kind of across Europe and and um, kind of some bikes in Asia. Um, right. So we, we are have a pretty big um, geographic footprint already. Yeah. So, so um, 
if you want to try it, get in touch. Usually kind of the facilities that have a Carol are, are very good um, to, to let users um, kind of interested, uh, you know, people who are interested to, to let them try it. We, yeah. we can certainly arrange that. And in, in London, Harvey Nichols is, is like one place where you can just, we have, we have a very nice showroom there um, where you can try it out. Perfect. Okay. So um, before we wrap up, Auric, is there uh, anything that I didn't ask you that you feel I should have asked you that would benefit the listeners? I, I think we've covered a lot. Um, yeah. Maybe like the one thing to, to just re-emphasize, and this is our own backstory. So if, if you look at the overall population, it's about 15% that engages in sport, in exercise, and the other 85% just they don't. And if you survey those people, the number one reason is, is that they don't have enough time. Now, I mean, obviously some people might be lying a bit um, um, yeah. and, and kind of, or, or, or you know, may, maybe deluded there and say something that the, um, that the time is not the, the barrier. But if you survey them, what, what people answer is it's not enough time. And yeah. that's really what we've created Carol for to make it really easy and very, very time efficient to, to get um, that benefit. So Carol, we're, we're, we really wanted to be mass market. Um, I think compared to like what some other products cost in this space, I think we've, um, obviously it's not cheap, but I think it's yeah. very reasonably priced and, and we want to be uh, mass market and, we really want to shift the needle. So there is an obesity, there is an inactivity Absolutely. Yeah. epidemic. And, and we, we very much hope that, that Carol will shift the needle and, and kind of just make exercise more accessible to, you know, a broad audience. Yeah, definitely. I, I think for me, you know, like I've said before, you know, it ticks all the boxes. You know, obviously you mentioned when people are surveyed time, um it is the is the biggest thing but it gives you the biggest results because mm. even if let's say for argument's sake you could get a bike that and and you could you know you could do the 20 seconds because of the ai behind it you know there's not this constant need as a human to actually keep pushing yourself you don't need to worry about that because carol's going to do that for you correct so you know it, it, there's really no kind of I get well the effort obviously needs to go in but there's no kind of thinking you don't need to as a as a participant of it or or somebody who wants to get fit and healthy you just need to get on yes. do exactly what carol says and you yes. know yes. Do it exactly. and you will and get you it get right well. and you and you will see um the benefits yeah yeah exactly that fantastic it's been great to talk to you today auric we could talk for ages um but how can uh, people connect with you? You know, what's the website kind of, so how can they access Carol? Please do have a look at, so it's www.carolfitai.com. So it's one word, carolfitai.com. And on the kind of, on social media, our handle is at carolfitai um across all platforms and um so do get in touch our team would be very happy to you know uh, answer any queries that you have or arrange uh, for you to for any of your listeners to kind of um kind of find a space where they can try it yeah 
Perfect. And I, I highly recommend people listening you actually do find a space to go and try it. Me and my son, like I said, we, we tried it at the Health Optimization Summit. Mm. And um, like I said, I was completely blown away by the impact. Thank you. Of, and um, I, really enjoy, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that it was just like, wow, I've just done literally 40 seconds of high intensity and I've got, you know, the equivalent of a 45 minute workout. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, highly, highly recommend they go and try it out. Do connect with Carol on the social media um, and look at their website. And uh, once again, Auric, thank you very much for your time. And um, I look forward to seeing uh, the progress of Carol. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com. 